Live from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone podcast. Two Douchebags and a Microphone says, You ever dream about eating chocolate pudding and wake up with a spoon in your ass? Just asking. Next up, things overheard in hell. Well, that new Hanson CD is just delightful. Uh-huh. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. So, if I have a glass of ice water, and the ice melts into the water, is my water then watered down? Hmm. I may never know. Hello, two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Well, due to popular belief, I opened my big mouth online earlier and I said that Rob was going to sing the world news in falsetto. Evidently, I got fake news. That was not right. <laughs> uh, my, my people got mixed up and they, they thought that's what was said. But evidently, Rob was just asking for a cheeseburger, but he wasn't saying. Yeah. He wasn't saying that he was going to sing the world news in falsetto. Now, how I got that from asking for a cheeseburger, I'm not sure. I don't have a clue either. Yeah, but I would like to apologize to everybody over that. I had um, I had no idea that that was it. I really thought that Rob was going to sing the world news in falsetto because I know he's been practicing. I, I mean, like, he's been practicing a lot. I mean, what, four hours I a night? I've been practicing. I'm just not ready yet. He's just not ready yet. But it's coming. Yeah, just, I, I need a little more time. Yeah, just a little bit more time. So I apologize for any uh, any inconvenience I might have caused. Um, it was fake news, uh, inadvertently. Um, I feel horrible about this situation. Um, I ask for repentance. I ask for forgiveness in this time of trouble. And that's I it. Okay, thank you. I'm sure everyone else out there in podcast land does too. So, anyhow, let's uh, let's just go ahead since we're talking about cheeseburgers, kind of. You know, McDonald's is bringing back the spicy chicken McNuggets. No, I didn't. I didn't either. But luckily, to the power of the internet and websites, I found this little tidbit out. Last week, the fast food chain confirmed the return of the fan favorite menu item for a limited time. McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets are back for a limited time with a spicy breading that adds a real kick to the fan favorite, says the official McDonald's website. Breaded in a crispy coating, flavorfully spiced with a blend of aged cayenne and chili pepper. That does sound good, actually. They're sure to get your attention. The spicy nuggets are currently available in New York City, Seattle, Portland, Denver, and other select locations across the U.S., according to People Magazine, that is. Customers can order the nuggets in 6-piece, 10-piece, 20-piece, or a 40-piece fat-ass box. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't say fat-ass. I apologize. Um, Anyhow, the hotter version of the McDonald's Famous McNuggets debuted on McDonald's menus in 2020, marking the first additional McNuggets flavor since the regular nuggets were added to the menu decades ago. 
This is the first time we've introduced a new flavor, our classic Chicken McNuggets in the U.S. since they came to our menus in 1983. Linda Van Gossen, McDonald's Vice President of Menu Innovation, said at the time per Food & Wine magazine. As our customers have been asking for spicy McNuggets for some time now, we couldn't think of a better time to bring them to our menus. We can't wait for McNuggets fans to get a taste of these new spicy options. Just two weeks after their 2020 debut, the Spicy Nuggets nearly sold out per People magazine. We're thrilled with a positive response to these limited time offerings, McDonald's teased in a statement. If our customers truly can't get enough, there's always a chance we'll bring limited items back for the future. You never know, we just might see some of these fan favorites soon again. So, anyhow, if you're a fan of the McNuggets and you like spicy food, there you go, at least for a limited time. And I'm not sure about the select cities. I'm not sure if uh, if Kansas City is going to be a market or anywhere, you, wherever you're listening to um, in the world, because we we are very fortunate enough to have a very wide fan base all over the world. So wherever you're listening, I don't know if it's going to be in your city or not. My suggestion is to look it up on the internet. I think McDonald's has a website dedicated to this. So you can find out if you really want to, if you can get these spicy McNuggets anytime soon near you. So anyhow, so what do you got to say to that, Rob? Check that out. Yeah, me too. I, I think I think it sounds excellent myself. Nothing better than shredded chicken asses and beaks, a little bit of cayenne pepper on them. Yeah. Sound, sounds delightful, doesn't it? Dipped, dipped in a little bit of ranch. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. So there we go. Well, while we're talking about food, you know, um, we have another food wars. Did you know that? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, people that have been listening to the podcast for a while um, know this, and people that haven't, I'm about ready to explain it. This all started, I was in uh, Costco, and I'm walking through the produce section, and I just got this vision of this plum, I think it's a plum, jumping out and trying to kick the shit out of the pear. And I was like, imagine who would win and why would they win? So um, on that particular one, the pear was bigger and firmer than the plum. So I would imagine the pear would be able to smash the shit out of the plum, right? So what we're doing is we're pitting food items. I think we went to inanimate objects. We went to appliances. Uh, The last one was like a bunch of fast foods against each other. Remember, we had like the the Wendy's... uh, bacon chicken wrap against uh, I don't know a sonic onion ring or something okay so uh, yeah. this is a little oh, mixed no, match it, well, I forget what it was against the onion ring but it went right through it and missed oh that's right what the hell was it yeah. oh it might have been a mushroom yeah fried mushroom yeah it was that's Yeah, it was. it was. it was a Dairy Queen fried mushroom against a sonic fried onion ring and we thought, yeah. at first we thought, well, the mushroom can like just like pelt it and like beat the hell out of the mushroom, the onion ring, because it's kind of mushy anyhow and it's kind of flimsy. But then we determined that the mushroom probably was, since it didn't have eyes, it was probably not that good of a shot. And it probably went right through the ring, and then the onion ring landed on it and killed it. Yeah. So, okay. So that's what we got going on this one. And then we had some other ones. Uh, um, let's see, the breaded pork chop beat. Uh, killed the uh, the uh, breaded chicken fried steak because the pork chop has a jagged bone. It was a bone in yeah, pork yeah. chop. Yes. Yeah. So so there you go. You guys got the idea of it. So there you go. If you have not, if you don't know what we're talking about, so this is food wars. 
Okay, the first one on the docket is Waffle House covered and smothered potatoes versus steak and eggs. I think I'm going to go with the potatoes covered and smothers, uh, smothered for a couple of reasons. Okay, the potatoes are kind of hard and lumpy. They could land on top of the steak and the eggs, even if the, it doesn't matter how the eggs are done, if they're over easy or scrambled. And then you take the, uh, the um, smothered, which would be the gravy, right, or the chili, because yeah. at Waffle House you can use the cream gravy or the chili to smother whatever you want, right? So, you could take either one of them and basically drown the steak and eggs. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. What but I was the, okay, I have one. I have one thing though. I have one thing, Rob. What if it's a T-bone and eggs? It's not like a strip or a ribeye. I think that's the one thing. Yeah, because the bone would rise right up out of there, and it would jab the uh, it would jab the uh, potatoes. The potatoes, yeah. yeah, and it could stand up and not drown in the covered, whether it's chili or whether it's cream gravy. So, right. okay, I'm going to say if it's a strip steak or a ribeye, they would lose. If it's a T-bone, yeah, yeah. it would win. So, what do we call that? Like. Uh, a toss-up, maybe? Yeah, we'll call it that. Okay. All right. All right. So the first one is a toss-up. Next one. A giant tenderloin versus a breakfast burrito. I think I'm going to go with a breakfast burrito because it's kind of rolled up like a baseball bat. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really don't know what else. If, if, if that tenderloin climbed up high, it could come off the top rope and just land. Oh, off. oh, okay. Hang on, hang on, Rob. You just brought something up. Okay. Since these are food wars, is this done on a ring? Do they have like a wrestling ring or a boxing ring? If there's a boxing ring, then we may have to go back and examine past shows and maybe come up with different outcomes. Because I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, we may have to. I agree that with top you. Rope would mean a lot. That top rope, a giant tenderloin could, a breakfast burrito could, and it's too lumberish and too round and too, um, uh, you know, just too solid, too thick to jump up on there. But a giant tenderloin is agile enough and crispy enough, it could jump up on the top rope and fly through the air and pretty much, you know, just wipe out flat. the breakfast burrito. Yeah. Flat. Yeah. So oh, giant. Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah, with body slamming Andre the Giant style. Um, okay. So I'm gonna say for the sake of uh, of this of the the contest going on from now on, it's a ring like a wrestling ring with the turnbuckles, everything. And we can even right. if we feel strong enough, we can inter even introduce a chair. Like like if we Ooh. think like like spicy uh, chorizo sausage is like pissed off and mean enough, it can go grab a chair and beat the shit out of the eggs. Right on. Or something has a little bit of Tabasco sauce on it, it's so fucking flaming mad because you just doused it with Tabasco sauce that it's gonna go grab a chair and beat the shit out of whatever's next to him, right? Right. Okay, 
Alright, so from now on, it's a ring. Okay. Okay. And the dogs are going crazy, so you guys are going to hear the dogs, but you know what? It's added bonus. We're, we have special guests on this, and we're not even charging you guys anymore. It went from nothing yeah. to nothing. So there you go. Alright, this one is for Lona, our number one listener. Right on. Ham sandwich versus a Velveeta block. I've got to go with the Velveeta because the Velveeta block is very thick and porous and heavy and could yeah. land on a ham sandwich, just smash all that ham stuff out of there and just like, just destroy it. Yeah, it, it, it's like a brick. Yes. Uh, yeah, Velveeta. Yep, Velveeta. All right, sorry, Lona, I know you're the ham sandwich purveyor, but uh, I think even you could see the logic in the Velveeta block beating the ham sandwich. All right, next. This one is tough. Mayo versus mustard. And this is just regular yellow French's, uh, Heinz, Plotchman's, uh, Always Save, whatever. Good value or whatever. This is where the mayo could grab a chair. Okay. Because a mustard would burn the eyes of the mayo. Okay. So you think the mayo would like flip out and go, you son of a bitch. And the mayo is uh, like uh, spunky enough. The mayo has enough well, set. Now, now, wait, now, wait a second. Is okay. it mayo or is it Miracle Whip? I'm going to say Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Miracle Whip's got that little spiciness. It would definitely grab the chair. It would grab the chair and beat the shit out of the mustard? Yeah, okay. because the mustard got in its eyes and... Yeah. I would have to agree with you. I think I think Miracle Whip has a little bit of an attitude. It's just like it's just like a donut. A donut just slides there, but if it's a beignet, a beignet is gonna fucking pick a fight with you. A beignet is gonna jump up and go, come on bitch, what you got going there? You got something you wanna say? Or a donut's gonna lie there docile and go, oh, whatever. I don't care what happens. You know, but you know, fucking chew on me or what? And where beignet's like, you ain't eating me, bitch. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down. You're not fucking getting your fucking you're not getting your fucking lips near me, bitch. Right? Yep. yep. That's it. Alrighty. This next one. Ketchup versus Russian dressing. Russian dressing, I would almost say would get it, but it's so runny. And especially if it's like Heinz ketchup. It's so thick. I almost yeah. think that the ketchup would win because it's thicker than the Russian dressing. And land in the middle of it just spread apart. Yeah. I think the Russian dressing would just start running from the Heinz ketchup and the Heinz ketchup just like slowly like inching towards it and by the time the Heinz dressing or the Heinz uh, ketchup gets to it the Russian dressing is half on the floor, half over on one side of the table, on the other side of the table, just disoriented little pockets of it here and there. I think the ketchup would just like get over there and probably just leave because it wasn't any type of a fight at all. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Totally agree with you. Okay. This next one is easy if you really think about it, Rob. Pita bread versus French bread. My take is French mm. bread would give up before the fight. Yeah, that, 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 that's where I was going to go with that. <laughs> French bread, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want any shit, I'll leave. 
And Peter Bread's like, that's right. You're fucking right, bitch. You are leaving. <laughs> There's the door, fucking Frenchie. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next one. Lime Jello versus tapioca pudding. Lime Jello. Lime Jello. Yep. Lime Jello has that Nobody little kick to it. With lime jello. No, Lime Jello's mean. Lime Jello Nobody is the shit. It. Lime Jello is the fucking. Lime Jello, if Lime Jello was in prison, Lime Jello would be what everybody answers to, right? Yep. I, I don't care if it's like uh, any type of food at all. If there's a food prison, everyone would answer to Lime Jello. They would kick back all their money. They would go through them to sell anything. They would go through them for everything. Everything goes through Lime Jello. I agree. Yep. Yep. Next one ranch salad dressing versus honey mustard. Now, ranch is pretty tough acting, right? Especially those Hidden Valley Ranch uh, bottles are pretty cool. They're big, bulky bottles, right? But, But honey mustard is very spicy. Even though it has the name honey and it's mustard. Have you ever, have you had honey mustard dressing? Yes, yes, yes. I got a bottle in my fridge right Okay, now. it's pretty spicy, right? Yeah. I think because of the spiciness, I think honey mustard would win. Well, I'm also getting into honey mustard. Oh, why? Because honey mustard, off the bat, you think it's gonna be sweet. Yes. Yeah, and you're right. All of a sudden, it's gonna kick. It kicks you right in the face. It's like I'm not sweet, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. It's bipolar. It is. You're right. Honey mustard yeah. is bipolar, and it will kill you. It will slice you if yeah. you look at it wrong. It'll cut you. Honey yeah. mustard carries a switchblade, right? Yep. That's right. This next one: buffalo chicken dip versus pimento spread. Now, buffalo chicken dip should win. But if you get the right pimento spread, that shit will light your mouth on fire, too. Yeah, that's true. I'm still going to go with buffalo chicken dip because, on the average, buffalo chicken dip is usually hotter than pimento spread. And there's only a couple of pimento spreads that are actually as hot as buffalo chicken dip or maybe a little bit hotter. So I'm going to have to go ahead and go with continuity and the buffalo chicken dip. What do you think? I'll give it to the chicken dip, too. All right. Next one. Buffalo chicken sandwich versus Nashville hot chicken. Have you had a Nashville hot chicken first off? Oh, we're going with the Nashville hot chicken. Yes, yes. I was getting ready to say, um, because I understand that the Nashville hot chicken is kind of a relatively new thing around these parts. Um, And they're just now starting to sell it in several restaurants I've seen. And I think even Hardee's has come out with... I remember I did a report on the new Hardee's fast yeah, food. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Just did all that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just now starting to kind of get gather some steam and get nationwide. Um, so, But Nashville Hot Chicken takes a buffalo chicken sandwich any day. And in taste, too. This next one's tough. A DQ Dilly Bar versus a Culver's Mint Chip Custard. Huh. I don't know. I, I'm okay. I think I'm gonna have to give it to the dilly bar. Me too, because a dilly bar looks like almost like a thick fly swatter, right? 
It's like a big hockey puck. Yeah, it's like a hockey puck. Yeah, yeah. I and think knock you out. Yeah, I think so too. I think like the mint chip mustard is like all nice, and like, hey, what's going on, Dilly? Bam! He just knocks a piss yep. out of it for no reason. He's like, that's what's going on. You know what's going on? Fucking head's hurting. You know why? Because you're gonna get away from me, bitch. And then you know, fucking mint custards all over the ground, like it's smashed everywhere. Dilly bar walks off yep. whistling, right? High plains drifter yep. whistling, right? Uh huh. That's right. He carries a blade too. He'll cut you. Next one: jalapeno poppers versus Olive Garden breadsticks. I think that's easy. Jalapeno. Yeah. Yeah, jalapeno. Uh, jalapeno carries a blade too. Next one: Culver's cheese curds versus DQ fried mushrooms. 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 I agree. Wow, Rob, that was that an easy one. Would, that thing it would ball up like a cannonball, but this time it would hit the target. Yes. Cool. Cool. That was an easy one, Rob. We both agreed on all of them. That's rare. Yeah. Wow. All right. How about if we come right back with a couple of stories? You got? Do you have some stories you want to go to also? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a restaurant story myself. So. Okay, we'll be back here in a minute or so. So hang tight, people. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. <laughs> Please remember to go to Cole's dressing room, wait five minutes, and scream, Hey, there's no toilet paper in here! <laughs> Please enjoy Brick Shithouse Energy Drink responsibly. It's not readily available anywhere because of liability issues. Next up, things overheard in hell. Mark Zuckerberg. Comedy has been removed from ten more seasons. All right, two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Rob, you said you had a restaurant story? Yeah, yeah, it's a, well, it's like a restaurant story, and it's a local lake of the Ozark story. Oh, cool. We love those. Not really. Oh. Well, okay. kind of. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Uh, an Osage Beach all-you-can-eat restaurant joins a long list of unexpected closings of a popular franchise chain across the country with, with little, if any, advance notice to its employees. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think I know what it is. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh. Social media accounts are reporting the closing over the weekend of Golden Corral on Osage Beach Parkway. 
Mm -hmm. A sign posted on the building and a notice posted on the internet confirms that the restaurant has been permanently closed. Further, a U-Haul truck was parked behind the restaurant Tuesday morning. The building is apparently for sale and a call locally to the restaurant had to get an answer. KRMS Radio and TV, which is big down here, okay. has reached out to Golden Crow Corporate Office in Raleigh, North Carolina, about the closing and other issues such as gift cards, and will pass along more information when received. Um, I think pretty much the whole thing is going out of business. Yeah. Golden, Golden Corral has been in in um, in this mode for a while now. Um, the whole buffet thing ever since COVID is just, it doesn't the, the the main people that were going to Golden Corral before COVID were the elderly there were some families there yes, but the mainstay of them was the elderly, now the elderly are afraid to go there because of COVID they're afraid they're going to go there, get something and die so right. it never did recover and also, let's face it, the food was on a downhill slope for years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. The food was almost inedible, the one in Belton that I went to the last time it went there. And I didn't want to go there, but that's where everybody was meeting at. So I didn't really, well, I did have a choice. I didn't have to go there, but I went ahead and went there, uh, despite my better thoughts, you know. But um, I noticed then the food was really low grade when before... It might have been not the highest grade food, but it wasn't like the virtually the leftover garbage stuff. And in my opinion, the stuff was just garbage that was out there. It was old. It was like uh, um, cold. Um, There's people picking their nose and coughing. It was just disgusting. The best I could pull off there was a salad, and I tried to eat a piece of fried chicken, but nah, the steak there wasn't worth the crap. So, I mean... It, it's not just because of COVID, because it was going downhill a long time, but it's a lot of different things. But also the quality of food isn't there anymore. And I think that, that as much as anything, probably drove this, the business straight into the ground. So, uh, well, Rob, does it affect you any? No. I didn't think I, so. I think, I've been, I think I've been there twice since they've been open. Mm-hmm. It's weird, too, like Applebee's in the early yeah. 2000s. Both of these companies had a little resurrection. They were going into all these markets everywhere. I know because I was building a lot of the restaurants, all the stainless steel in it. And um, and they were going in. First, they went into all the, you know, all the big cities. You know, we had them going in Manhattan, had them going into Kansas City, had them going into Cincinnati, uh, um, Miami, all this place, right? But then we started noticing Harrisonville, Clinton, uh, Fort Osage, you know, all these smaller cities, or not cities, yeah. but these towns. And, uh, and this was Golden Corral and Applebee's both because they ran out of all these big cities to go to, right? They, they saturated them. So they, um, what they did was they oversaturated the market and then they're just, you know, there wasn't anything for them to go except down. And then it's just been a downhill slope ever since and a bunch of different reasons. So, anyhow, it does not surprise me. Anyhow, um, you got something else? Yeah. Okay. 
did you, you know how Costco sells pretty much anything? Now they sell gold bars. That's what I was getting ready to read about. Oh shit! Sorry, didn't mean to steal your thunder. <laughs> go ahead, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I thought I was. I, I didn't know. Okay. We don't have a Costco down here, so uh, Springfield. Is, is Springfield is your closest one. Yeah, uh, there may. Be, I think there might be one in Jeff City. Oh, I don't know. Like Maybe hour, so. Which would be like a half hour closer. Oh, okay. I didn't. You know what? I guess so. From where you're at, I never thought about. But yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> Costco has been selling one ounce gold bars that it says get snapped up in hours. I mm -hmm. got a couple of calls that people have seen online that we've been selling one ounce gold bars. CFO Richard Galliante uh, and uh, investors. Jelinek at the retail, huh? Jelinek, Richard Jelinek. Uh, anyhow, um, um, anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. Tuesday uh, uh, at the retail sports quarter earnings call. Yes, but when we load them on the site, they're typically gone within a few hours, and we limit two per member. All right, it's, it's Greg, isn't it, Greg? Greg Jelinek. Anyhow, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Costco's website shows that the company sells one-ounce bars of 24-karat gold from South Africa's Rand Refinery for $1,949.99 uh -huh. and from Swiss supplier Pamp Seuss for $1,979.99. Both products have been given average 4.9 star ratings on Costco's website. Wow. The products include insured, signed for air shipping via UPS. The listings for both products say they can't be returned or refunded. As Galanta, whatever it is, said customers can only buy two of the each item per membership. Oh, so there's a limit to per membership. Okay. Um, and you answered what yeah, I was going to ask. still talking four grand. Yeah. Um, no, no, the, you answered what I was going to ask. Sorry I interrupted there. Um, anyhow. Um, oh, and uh, here's a little tidbit to add to it, too. Okay. At the time of the writing, an ounce of gold on the open market was worth just under $1,890. Wow. All right. Like a hundred dollar difference, sir. Yeah. Um, okay. The thing that I wanted to know was how they got it to you because I know they wouldn't have them in the stores. They'd be sitting ducks. So no, you, they, they ship it. To, they yeah. ship it to you UPS. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's insured, signed for air shipping via UPS. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Wow. Um, and I, in my feeling is, is. They probably don't really make dick off of that, but it, it sets them aside from the Sam's Club and other places like that. They used to do mortgages, but they quit doing mortgages a couple of years ago. Um, they sell really? cars. Yeah, yeah they, they, I miss everything being out of the city. You know, in Alaska, <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, our vacation in Alaska, they have a Costco Cars standalone. There's just Costco Cars where they sell all these different brands of cars, 
and it's it's a Costco store that just sells cars, and, and it's in Alaska. I was like, wow. So they they have their hands huh. in everything. I mean, it's amazing the stuff that they do. Um, have you heard about the new AI generated Coke flavor? No, I haven't. Well, it's a dud. It's named Star Starlight, and no one knows what it tastes like. No one can really describe what it tastes like. It's interesting how they describe it because they, when they describe it, they describe a little bit of everything. You'll see what I mean. There's a new limited Coca-Cola flavor in town, and this time AI helped create it. They had several reviews, and I'm going to read. I'm going to read the reviews to kind of get the gist of what people are feeling about this new AI-generated Coke. And you can actually buy Starlight online, and there's certain retailers, I think Target is one of them, that you can go there and buy this AI-generated. Uh, and what they mean by AI-generated is, is AI came up with the idea, the advertising campaign, and the formula for the drink. So, okay. reviewer number one, this flavor reminds me of when you mix all the fountain flavors together. It's artificially fruity, like a gummy bear or a lollipop. Its aftertaste is more of a caramel vanilla flavor, said Haley from the Insider Online. So that's pretty much a nondescript, wasn't it? Yeah. Reviewer number two. There's a tasty berry vanilla flavor at first, but the aftertaste sometimes reminds me of buttered popcorn jelly beans. The aftertaste was more noticeable after eating, but other times reminded me of heavily of vanilla. This was from a review of the Impulsive Buy online, one of their reviewers. And the third reviewer said, I was kind of surprised. The drink poured out with a traditional cola color because it tastes like all the red soda flavors together and, and uh, like all the red soda flavors together and they threw a party cherry, strawberry, raspberry, and fruit punch also remind me of an energy, an energy drink taste as well. Fisher Cooper wrote for the taste of home online. The, homey, the overwhelming consensus on all of this was yuck. And reading this, I think I would agree. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, yeah I do. It sounds tremendously horrible. So, um, anyhow, I've got another little bit more serious story going on here. This is something that I um, this is something I reported um, back when Topher was still doing the show, and this was maybe the end of last year. It could I think it's actually even it might even been summer of last year. So, and this is from CNN Online. As drought tightens its grip in the central United States and water levels on the Mississippi River plummet to near record lows, a surge of salt water from the Gulf of Mexico is pushing up streams, polluting drinking water for thousands of residents south of New Orleans. With little prospect of rain in the future, officials, officials are working to find solutions before the salt water infiltrates treatment plants that serve tens of thousands more residents, including New Orleans. President Joe Biden said something, but nobody really understood him. But what he was supposed to say is approving an emergency declaration request from Louisiana government John Bell Edwards and the four parishes, Plaquique, St. Bernard, Jefferson, and Orleans Parish. 
With the current projections, it should be noted that almost 20% of the state could be impacted by this event, Edwards said in the request, predicting salt water could impact the state until January. Here's what to know about the salt water intrusion. The, the Mississippi's uh, river's enormous flow rate is usually enough to keep water from the Gulf of Mexico out. But when the river's running low, salt water can creep into it. The saltwater wedge starts at the mouth of the river and moves upstream. Because salt water is more dense than fresh water, it takes the shape of a wedge. The leading edge is at the bottom of the riverbed, the so-called toe of the wedge, and extends backward into the ocean. So, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers have been tracking the location of the wedge toe, which as of September 24 was at the river mile 69.3, around 6 miles downstream from Belchassi and 26 miles downstream from Algiers Water Treatment Plant in New Orleans. So it's only 20-some miles away from New Orleans right now. Anywhere from yeah. 15 to 25 miles downstream from the toe, water at the surface of the river had been inundated with salt water. The salt content in the surface water is higher than the Environmental Protection Agency's public water supply standard. So in short, there's not enough fresh water flowing down from the Mississippi River after months of extreme heat and low rainfall. Exceptional drought, the worst category, is spread across parts of Louisiana and Mississippi. This year so far has been the hottest on record for both states, according to recent figures from NOAA dating through August. Extreme drought is also present upstream where there's a lot of rivers water uh, originates. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, here in Missouri, as we know, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. What happens upstream affects the flow rate of the mouth of the Mississippi River. The flow rate there needs to be above 300,000 cubic feet per second to keep the salt water at bay, said uh, Colonel Colin Jones, commander of the Corps. New Orleans office, uh, been just, it's been just about half of that, around 150,000 cubic feet per second, according to data from the U.S. Geological Survey. So how far off do the or how far up do they think the river salt water will get and when? Current estimates from the Army Corps predict unsafe salty water could travel another 50 miles upstream to the end of October, potentially affecting the water supply of four parishes and more than 800,000 people. Three water intakes serving uh, Plaquique uh, Parish and uh, already inundated with uh, two more are threatened in the coming weeks. Belchassi. Uh, facility October 13th and Dalcor factory in October 15th. Together these fa facilities produce 11.5 million gallons of water a day and serve over 23,000 people according to the Platte Creek Parish uh, Information Center. So uh, there's a lot more that I can read on this but I think I pretty much got this uh, whole thing what's going on there. So another thing is that it goes into later, but I'm not going to read because uh, it's a long article. It's a very good article, but it's very long, and it would bore you guys to death if you're not already bored to death. So anyhow, the, river, uh, the river's water is not nearly as warm as the Gulf of Mexico. So it is also affecting the temperature of the Mississippi River hundreds of miles upstream. So the fish in the uh, in the uh, um, the different um, life, the uh, different um, plants, vegetation, animals are all being affected. Um, it's not growing the same type of algae for the frogs. 
and other animals like that and other amphibious creatures it's affecting everything and it's become a real sore spot and they're really not sure what to do about this because the whole ecological system is just screwed right now because of this and they're really having a hard time trying to get a uh, it's not just drinking water is what i'm saying it's a lot of different things that are added into this and it's very concerning and um i mean gosh i mean all i can say is this right here pray for rain pray for rain Yes. But not floods. So, because I know this, a lot of people prayed for rain around here, right? Harrisonville got right. seven inches of rain the other night. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, we got three over two days. We got three inches of rain. Now, yeah, it was a lot of heavy rain, but it wasn't horrible, and it was a good rain, and it really helped a lot of stuff out. It filled up a lot of reservoirs and everything. And it really, it did soak the ground pretty good because we had several rains in a row there. So, um, yeah, we took it in ours at night, overnight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the stuff that yeah. was up here, and it would head down there. And by the time it got to you, it's dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, yeah, Harrisonville got seven inches in just like I don't know, maybe three hours. So, wow. yeah. So yeah, they. I mean, yeah, they prayed for rain and they got it. So. Um, anyhow, that, that, uh, that, that's damaging rain there. Yeah, it is, and there are a lot of uh, strong. All, all the farmers are trying to get the hay put up. Wow. Strong, severe storms to accommodate it with large hail. So yeah, it was a yeah. mess. I hope we come back in a couple of minutes here, and uh, or a minute or so, or however long our break takes us. And I've got a little special on blue light and how it affects children. All right, and I got an old west. Oh, you got Old West Hygiene, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Why don't we come back with your Old West Hygiene, and then we'll go into some stuff on mine, okay? we dial up. All righty. We'll see you guys here in a minute. Why two douchebags and a microphone? Because two fucknuts and a recorder was taken. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Hey, look! I think we found land! Oh my god, I think we're safe! Oh no! It's an island of horrible jokes! What do you call a sleeping dinosaur? A dinosaur! <laughs> When taking a shower, remember to scrub your asshole with soapy water, because nobody likes a stinky asshole. Alright, two douchebags and microphone on Mark. And I'm Rob. Alright, Rob, as uh, before mentioned, before we went to break, you have an Old West Hygiene? Yeah, I do. I love I this segment. I'm going to mark off the list tonight. <laughs> Please go forward. I love this segment, by the way. Okay, right now I'm sitting here looking at a very old black and white picture of the Colorado River. Uh-huh. Okay. It used to be a lot bigger. Huh? It used to be a lot more massive. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh... 
And the name of tonight's segment is The Filthy Truth Behind Hoover Dam's Transformation. Okay. And this stunning that, Oh, hey, real quick. Let's remind everybody, uh, Hoover Dam is Lake Mead. So go ahead. Okay. In the in this stunning historical photograph, we catch a glimpse of the untamed Colorado River as it once flowed near the Hoover Dam site. But what lies beneath the surface is a tale of unsanitary conditions that plague the river and its surroundings. In the wild days of the past, the Colorado River was subject to pollution and contamination from various sources, including mining activities, industrial waste, and inadequate waste disposal practices. The once pristine waters became a breeding ground for diseases and posed serious health risks to those who relied on it for drinking, bathing, and irrigation. Okay. Um... I had no idea that it was like that polluted because of it. You wouldn't yeah, think I it would. Huh. Wow. Okay, so then Lake Mead is beautiful. So I guess Lake Mead actually might have cleaned it up a little bit, if you will. That might have. Okay. All right. Wow. Um, you got anything else you want to add to that? Or you got another story you want to go into? or? Um... No, go right ahead. You said you had something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have a few things. Okay. Okay, you know the New York Jets' uh, 2023 outlook changed in a dramatic way during their first game of the season as star quarterback Aaron Rodgers suffered a torn Achilles that will likely cost him the entire year. Many wondered if the Jets would add another quarterback, and they did reach out to two-time Super Bowl champion Chad Henney. In an interview with the Reading Eagle, the former Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Chad Henney, revealed that the Jets gave him a call. Henney said he was excited but declined the offer. He is a volunteer assistant football coach at Wilson High School in Pennsylvania where he played football once upon a time. I hung them up for the right reasons, Henney said. I didn't want to go back and put my body into it. The 38-year-old retired following the Chiefs' 38-35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57 back in February. A former second-round pick of the Miami Dolphins in 2008, Henny spent 15 seasons in the league and started in 54 total games, going 18 and 36. He played for the Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Chiefs. Henny would have been a solid veteran presence, uh, presence for young uh, for young Zach Wilson of the Jets quarterback room. So uh, they tried to get Chad Henny, and I respect him for that because, like I've always said. Chad Henney was an okay quarterback. He was a starter, although he was probably in the lower, you know, he might have been a little bit lower than average, okay? But he was a starting quarterback in the NFL for many years. You put that guy under someone like Patrick Mahomes, and he becomes a better quarterback because of what he witnesses and he learns, okay? Someone like that could go over to Zach Wilson and coach him along and help him become a better quarterback. Or if nothing else, if you think you have a small shot at the playoffs, you might put Henny in there and have Zach Wilson learn on the job underneath him. So I respect what they tried to do, but I don't blame Henny for not going back. You know, he's going to go enjoy his life. 
He got his Super Bowl ring. He well earned it. He came in at key times. He did key things for us, just like uh, Matt Moore did for us uh, in 54. You know, uh, coming in the playoffs and throwing a couple of uh, a couple of game winners. You know, I mean, so he did his part in winning the Super Bowl with us. So he has no shame or nothing being the backup quarterback to someone like Mahomes and also having a huge part in us winning it the whole season. So God bless him. Hope he enjoys his uh, next chapter in life, which sounds like it might go to coaching. So there you go. And uh, have, yeah. you, have, you, uh, have you heard of the new thing going on now? You know how people get ghosted, right? Like all of a sudden yeah. um, you're writing a chick. And everything's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's meet up. I don't know. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's go meet up at this coffee house and have a cup of coffee and talk and all that stuff. You're like, okay, cool. Okay. Then all of a sudden, one day, just nothing. So that's ghosting. It's like something happened. Maybe her old boyfriend came back. Uh, maybe someone said something to her. Yeah, what, you know. So all of a sudden, just nothing. So that's ghosting. So now the new trend is, instead of ghosting somebody, it's called anti-ghosting. So here's the article. Chances are you're already familiar with ghosting, the act of abruptly ending communication with another person without explanation, which is an all too common occurrence in the dating world. While you may not have heard the term anti-ghosting before, the concept is nothing new. Anti-ghosting refers to letting a person you've gone out with know that you don't want to continue seeing them often via a text message. Once you've lost interest, rather than taking the admittedly easy route and not responding to further advances, i.e. ghosting, you proactively send an anti-ghost message to communicate your lack of romantic interest. Blaine Anderson, a dating coach for men, told Huffington Post, a dating coach. That's the first problem right there. Essentially, it means having the maturity to be upfront about your feelings as opposed to vanishing in a ghost-like fashion. Melisha Battle, a sex and dating coach and author of This Is Supposed To Be Fun, has coached clients on how to craft an anti-ghosting text that's clear, polite, and to the point. Some examples include, Hey, thanks for meeting up with me last night. You seem chill, but we're looking for different things. I hope you find what you're looking for. Or, last night was fun. I think we uh, have uh, more of a friend vibe. Is that something you're open to? She told HuffPost. Noting that you shouldn't make a friendship offer unless it's something you actually see as a possibility. Other common anti-ghosting messages might be something like, I've had a good time getting to know you, but I'm just not feeling a romantic connection between us. Or after doing some thinking, I realized I'm not actually ready for a relationship right now. Wanted to tell you now so I didn't string you along and waste your time. So, anyhow, um, so I guess the answer to, like, not hurting someone's feelings is to kind of hurt their feelings. Would you agree? But instead, yeah. you're, you're kind of like pulling the Band-Aid off really quick. Is that what you gather from that? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was getting from it. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, well, look, we're all big here. We're all got our big boy pants on. You know, we're all out in the dating world. So, you look like a rough and tumble guy, so I think you could probably handle this. So, I'm just going to tell you like it is. Wasn't there. And, you know, maybe we could be friends or whatever, but wasn't there. 
and actually you know Rob if I was in that predicament I think I would rather I think I'd rather get a message like that than nothing wouldn't you yeah yeah I mean because you don't know what might have happened other than that it might have been like did someone say something that was bullshit you know or did someone like you know say I had a girlfriend when I did or something you know there's too many other things that you don't know could have happened and uh, and by this you do know what happened so you can just like move on and go well you know I kind of like that other one and she was really nice so maybe I'll just start go go around there and start hunting around there so anyhow you got anything Rob uh, yeah I got another story okay uh, go ahead. actually I kind of want to give a shout out to Keanu Reeves. Sure. I, I ran across an article about him. He's a cool guy. The more I read yeah, about him, yeah, the more I, I like I, the I, guy. I did not realize how cool till I read this article. And it comes off of Cricket Info. Okay. Uh... Keanu Charles Reeves missed the first 20 minutes of the party dedicated to the end of filming of his new film in one of the clubs in New York. He waited patiently in the rain to be let in. No one recognized him. The club, club owner said, I didn't even know Keanu was standing in the rain waiting to be let in. He didn't say anything to anyone. He travels public transport. He easily communicates with homeless people on the street and helps them. He's only 56 years old. He can just eat a hot dog in the park set between ordinary people. After filming one of the Matrix, he gave all the stuntmen a new motorcycle in recognition of their skill. He gave up most of the fee for the salaries of costume designers and computer scientists who draw special effects in the Matrix decided that their share of participation in the budget of the film was underestimated. He reduced his fee in the film The Devil's Bill's Advocate to have enough money to invite Al Pacino. Cool. Almost, almost at the same time his best friend died, his girlfriend lost a child, and Sue died in a car accident, and his sister fell ill with leukemia. Keanu did not break. He got donated $5 million to the clinic that treated his sister, refused to shoot to be with her, and created the Leukemia Foundation, donating significant sums from each fee for the film. Wow. I'll tell you what, that's impressive, man. I've always liked the guy, and he's always done stuff like this. I have to. Everything that you've read is, I believe, to be true, plus a lot more. He's been doing this his whole career. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's, very giving, generous, happy, friendly guy that likes to interact with the audience and isn't afraid to get his hands dirty with people that are that are, are, are fans of his. I've always liked the guy and always thought he was genuine, and that's why he's done one of the reasons he's done so well is because people like him and there's a reason they like him and it's because he's real right. yeah so yeah i'm glad you brought that story up rob that's great thank you yeah. <clears throat> um a couple of weeks ago um they 
crocodiles, and especially in um, in the south regions, um, are known to be fierce, right? Predators. Right. They're just like kind of ruthless. They'll like stalk you. They'll eat you. They'll kill you alive. You know, they'll wrap you under, drown you. Yeah, you know all this stuff. Okay. And sometimes they'll kill you, and not even eat you. Okay. Well, crocodiles. A couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, in India, in in the Silvilti in the Silvilti River, India, um, a journalist caught a dog. A regular domestic dog being saved by four crocodiles. There was a pack of wild dogs that were going to kill the domesticated yeah. dog because that's what they do. You know, the wild dogs look at the other dog and see it as a predator towards their food, probably, and they kill it. Well, this dog ran into this river at the Silviltree, the Silviltree River in India to get away from him, and there were four crocodiles in this river. And this journalist was like, oh, shit, I'm going to witness just a, a brutal attack, and they're going to tear the poor animal to pieces. I can't go over and get it. It's way over there. They're already there. And what the happened is, is the crocodiles, all four of them formed a shield around the dog and took the dog to safety way away from the pack of, uh, of wild dogs so the wild dogs could not touch the dog. And then they, they took the dog to the bank way down the river and let it go. And until then, they thought that crocodiles were just these super aggressive, mean uh, species, kind of like hippopotamuses or something, that there's no reason, no empathy, that they'll just kill you because you're in their territory or just because they just don't like your looks. And then when this happened, now people are wondering, going, well, wait a minute, what else do we not know about these creatures? You can look this up online too. They are clearly doing this. They clearly formed a shield around this uh, poor animal, this defenseless animal, to save it. And clearly, yeah. what, it took it way down the river to safety. There's that no, was cool. there is no doubt that this happened. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh, uh, anyhow, let's see. Um, all your emails, um, thank you. A lot of people checked in from different parts of the country. Um, oh, cool. Um, there's a new market that's emerging that I want to give a shout-out to. Akron, Ohio. We, we just got two emails from there. And all of a sudden, it just showed up on our RSS, on our little dots, you know. That I showed you the dots, you know. It showed you where people download the show, how many downloads, and approximately where it's at. Not the address, but the block and where they're at and all that stuff. So, it's a pretty detailed map. So, anyhow, Akron, Ohio, for some reason, just all of a sudden caught fire. I don't know if someone in the shop was like, hmm, what's this two dirt bag? Oh, no, 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 it's douchebags. No, no, yeah, okay, yeah, two douchebags, a microphone, what is this? And, like, maybe in the shop, they're kind of like, hey, man, you know, I'm listening to this new show I just found. Uh, two douchebags, microphone, it's interesting. It's from Kansas City, why don't you give it a listen? But all of a sudden, we just have, like, I don't know how many new, I'll have to see how many new listeners there is, but the dot indicated, like, it's like a, a, a big amount of people just started listening there out of nowhere. So, oh, cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you, thank Akron, you. Ohio. Keep listening, and uh, 
Tell your buddies right next door there over there in Dayton and uh, and tell Cincinnati, hey, no offense, football's football. Keep listening. Although I think we have one listener there. <laughs> one listener in Cincinnati. To, if you know them, tell them thank you and keep listening. But we're not going to quit ridiculing your team. Sorry. That's just the way football is. Right, Rob? Right. All right. Uh, anyhow, we are getting on the hour mark. Rob, you have to go to work in the morning, so I think this might be a good time to uh, hang our hats up and tell you all uh, have a great night. Hey, I got a little something for you, Mark. All right, Rob, the floor is yours. A little thought I had. Okay. My life is just a collection of poorly made decisions with bomb-ass music playing in the background. <laughs> Did you read that or make that up? That I love is, it. That is the truth. Did you read that or make that up? That is fucking awesome. Oh, I read it, but man, I totally agree. I agree with it 100%. Yeah, that's all I do anymore, right? <laughs> I, I don't watch TV much anymore. I listen to music all the time. I listen to music at work. I listen to music at home. Yeah. You know, if I yeah. wouldn't, if I wasn't so anti-crowd anymore, I would love to went to uh, Arrowhead Stadium, seeing Guns N' Roses, uh, uh, not so much Carrie Underwood, um, Alice in Chains. I would love to see them, and um, who was yeah. the other ones? The Pretenders. I would love to see them. And there was a couple yeah. other bands on there. Um, uh, Dirty Honey was another one that I wanted to see, and then the Warning was like the opening opening band. This is like when nobody's there. There's like five people out there, um, but. I really would like to see not necessarily Guns N' Roses. I've seen them enough, and uh, and they they put on a very strong, almost three-hour short show. Normally, they have a lot of different instruments, a lot of different segments. They have a lot of energy. It's a really good show, but I just don't like that many crowds anymore. I don't like waiting in line. I don't like um, going. You know, so I I chose not to. But I wouldn't mind have went there to see Alice in Chains specifically. Um, because I'm still a huge fan of theirs, and I still think that they put out some quality music, and I love their guitarist, Jerry Cantrell. I think he's awesome. So, anyhow, um, we'll love to see that. That would have been a great music thing, but anyhow, didn't get to see it. So, that's the way it goes. Can't see them all, right? Yeah. All righty. Sure. Everybody. And uh, over a week, I'll be giving an update on the... Uh, very special Muscle Tucker Band concert. That sounds like a damn good show. I'll give a review on that. So, are are you going to be there singing So Caught Up in You, Little Girl? You're the one that brings me on my knees. Are you going to be singing that? Dude, I don't sing. Not no <laughs> Are you going to be humming it? Huh? Are you going to be humming it? Yeah. It depends on how many younglings I have. Yes, true. Rob, have a good night. Thank you, like always. Everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you fucks that are all over my friends list since I posted it again. I hope you fucks listen, and if you don't, then you won't know anyhow, so fuck you. Anyhow, thank you guys, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you, Rob. Good night, everybody. Have a safe week. Yep.
where'd they go? Where the douchebags? Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.